Hello, welcome to Let's Talk About It with Taylor Nolan. I am your host and I am currently here at the WeWork in Santa Monica, absolutely loving it and have partnered with them um, to help give you guys a discount to check out their offices. Um, And that link will be provided in the episode notes description. You can use the code Taylor. And this is one of my last days here um, recording and I'm continuing this bachelor theme throughout this visit um, and have a very special guest that you guys probably recognize from Caitlin's season a little far back. A little far back, um, throwback. Yeah, and then Bachelor in Paradise 2 and 3. 2 and say? 3, yeah, I was on Paradise. Oh, God. Yeah, 2 and 3, Jared. And, uh, Jared, <laughs> yes, Jared Haven, yes. Yeah. I know you had, I, I so you were on my podcast, Help I Suck at Dating. Yes. And I... Didn't, I forgot how to pronounce your last name. Mm-hmm. And so it's only fair that you forgot how to pronounce mine, which is Haben. Yes, yes. Perfect. Nolan Haben. I love So Nolan I love because obviously I'm a big film, well not obviously, but I'm a big film buff. And okay. Christopher Nolan is one of my favorite directors. I'm assuming there's no relation. No. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> Sorry to disappoint. It's okay. It's not disappointing <laughs> at all. I just figured I'd ask. Yeah. Um, well, I'm excited to have you on. Uh, you know, I like to have other Bachelor people on because I know my listeners, you guys really enjoy uh, this crowd of people. But I love to dig a little bit deeper beyond like the show stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were talking a little bit before this, and I don't know much about you, Jared. And yeah. the first time we actually met was um, recording your podcast. But yeah. um, you definitely seem like someone that's like very open and uh, introspective. Uh, I mean, I'd like to think so. I I hate qualifying myself. Like one of my pet peeves is anytime I'm watching the show or just generally in life when people say, I'm a good guy or I'm Mm. a good person. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, of course everybody thinks they're they're a good person. They're the hero of their own story. Yeah. Um, But, you know, I always like for other people to kind of try to qualify me as the person that I like to think I am, but I'm not mm-hmm. sure. Like who knows if, I mean, there are times when yeah. I can be a jerk. There are times when I can be mm-hmm. uh, moody. And so I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, no, it's nice to get that that extra validation, that confirmation that like, no, you are a good yeah. dude. It's, it's also nice. It's also nice to just kind of like um, figure out who I am in the grand mm-hmm. scheme of things. Mm-hmm. Um and so, yeah, I mean, I like to think that I'm introspective and I like to think that I like to, um, that I, you know, think of things on a grander scale sometimes or mm-hmm. think more in depthly about things than yeah. surface level. It's tough, right? We're both on the Bachelor franchise and there's mm-hmm. a stigmatism that comes with being a part of reality TV, which is that we're dumb or yeah. um, just looking for fame. And mm-hmm. um, so it's, you know, I, it's nice to meet people and, and have them um, think, you know, uh, more highly of me than yeah. they originally mm-hmm. were led on to. Absolutely, no, I, I totally agree with that. Um, and and before the show, you mentioned before we started recording, you mentioned doing things out of fear. And well, it's hard. It's hard to not um, relate things to the Bachelor franchise because if yeah. I'm being honest, it's been a big part of my life for the past. Absolutely. Jesus, three <laughs> over three years because I was first in the show in 2015. Yeah, on Caitlyn's season, and then her season was 2015. Okay. 2015, yeah. So it was, um, it was Chris Souls was the Bachelor, and mm-hmm. then Ashley, my fiance, was on there, mm-hmm. and then I was on Caitlyn's season, 
which followed, and then we met on Bachelor in Paradise season two, and mm-hmm. it was a long story we don't need to get yes. into. But it's <laughs> it's interesting because we were talking about uh, fears that I have within mm-hmm. my own life, and it really kind of is brought. Um, the show the, brings a lot of that to light. It brings a lot of it to light, but it's interesting. Actually, I was talking to somebody about this because I think a lot of people come off the show and say um, it's like relationship boot camp, so to speak, like or mm-hmm. not even relationship boot camp, but emotional boot camp, where you're forced to confront all these feelings that you have um, and all of these insecurities you have and you're forced to make decisions in the moment where if you're not inside that bachelor bubble, so to speak, you can really run away from things. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. you don't have to face confrontation. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. You can kind of just like let f- things fade away. You don't mm-hmm. have to make decisions in the moment where in the bachelor world, you're forced to do that. Like yeah. they force you to confront any insecurities you have, any, any decisions that you need to make so mm-hmm. on and so forth. And, but it's interesting. Somebody was saying that, and they were like, I learned a lot about myself through the process, so, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I definitely agree with that, but having said that, it's interesting because I never really think I was forced to face anything (laughs) on my time in the show. It's all about, you know, Hmm. your... how you present yourself on the show. Mm -hmm. And I think that I was always... I think I kind of coasted through my time throughout my three seasons on the show, which is interesting because I don't know why I made an impression, but um, I never felt like I was really forced to um, do anything that drastically comparably to other people mm-hmm. where they were really forced in uncomfortable situations and had to do things about it and yeah. you know, emotionally break down, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And so I think that I've had to kind of like, quote unquote, face my fears more so off the show than I ever did on the show. Hmm. Okay. I don't know. I don't know if that makes any sense. Because in my life, I've definitely made decisions based out of fear and, and not love. There's a great line that actually. So I'm, I'm getting more into know, Jim Carrey is becoming very mm-hmm. interest, uh, extra, not introspective, mm-hmm. but what? Extrospective? No, it's not extra. <laughs> no, I don't know. No, if that's a word. Um, I can't think of the word now. Now we're sounding like idiots. But <laughs> long story short, he just is talking about life and. Mm-hmm. And the meaning of it, and so on and so forth. And he actually says a line where existential. A lot of, existential. Jesus, thank you. Mm-hmm. And but he says a line one time where he says, "A lot of people make decisions based out of fear instead of love, mm-hmm. and they yeah. disguise those decisions as practicality." And I think I've done that for my entire life, where I just continue to make excuses. I'm afraid to commit. I'm afraid to really uh, bring myself outside my comfort zone. And and I've always made excuses of why. You know, I've I've done this or why I haven't done that. And I think hmm. specifically with Ashley, mm-hmm. it's really come full circle, obviously, because now we're together and very happily engaged. And mm-hmm. um, But throughout my entire friendship with her, it was always so good and so wonderful and always felt right. But there was always this thing in the back of my head of saying, no, this is, you know, this isn't the person that's for you and um, there's just other things at play and like I always envisioned myself with somebody the complete opposite of Ashley, mm-hmm. somebody very shy and, and quiet and 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 keeps themselves with like, you know, um, a, not a small life. I don't want to describe Rhode Island as a small mm-hmm. life, but like, you know. Slower pace. Slower pace and more relaxed and Ashley is the complete opposite mm-hmm. of that. And so I think I was always afraid to really dive into a relationship with Ashley, not only because of that, but for other things as well. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm definitely afraid of success. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it's interesting. I think a lot of people and myself as well, I'm I, afraid of failure, but I'm also very afraid of success because I'm afraid of it working out and then somebody else finding out that maybe I'm not good enough. And I think that was always mm-hmm. a fear of mine. Mm-hmm. And it's not a coincidence that I had been single for quite some time where I was on these shows for a while and then even coming off these shows still single. And, yeah. and it definitely was this um, terrified side of me that I was just really scared that like... I wasn't going to be good enough because on my time in the show, Ashley, my fiance now, just had this very high... You were very much up on a pedestal. Yes, to her. Yeah. And I know I'm not that guy. Yeah. <laughs> like, I know... You're like, no, that's not me. I'm just going to disappoint you. Totally. Mm-hmm. I know I'm going to disappoint her. And I know that I'm just not that guy because I live in my body and my mind mm-hmm. every day. So I know all the horrible thoughts that enter my mm-hmm. mind. I know all the things all the mistakes I make and everybody does. Right. Mm -hmm. And so everybody there's your, you are your own worst critic. And so I think with that, she had just this idea of who I was as a man. And while I try to be that person, you know, I know that I fail because I'm not perfect. And so I think that was always an insecurity of mine of, of opening myself up to Ashley and then having her realize, Oh, Mm -hmm. never mind, He's not that guy. He's not as good as I thought he was. Mm. And so, and the only way to keep those appearances up is to keep people at a distance. distance. And I've always pushed the people that I care about most away for the simple fact I like them having an idea, like I like them, not even an idea, but I like them seeing me for who I am and who I try to be. And then just not letting my walls down. So they, Mm -hmm. you know, they have that image of me in in my head. And Mm. it's been a constant theme in my life, not Mm -hmm. only like even before. I started dating Ashley with, you know, I've been on dates. I've talked to girls and like, it was always like, (laughs) it's so sad to say, but I would always like subconsciously, I never realized it till now when I start like thinking, Mm -hmm. you know, looking inward is that I would always leave them wanting more. Mm. And I think it was a defense mechanism strategy, but it was also a way to also like deflect opening up. Totally. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't a strategy that I ever really thought of until Mm -hmm. I started, you know, settling down with Ashley and then like, well, not even settling down with Ashley, but like talking to her, committing, talking about my feelings, talking about who I am as a man. And then I started really kind of like, all right, well, who am I as a man? Mm -hmm. And I started thinking about the past and everything that brought me to the person that I am today. That's exactly what I realized Mm -hmm. that I'd like, I, what I'm very good at is I'm giving, I'm I'm very good at giving off a good first impression. Mm -hmm. I I will say that about myself is that like, I do find myself being a conversationalist and I like engaging people, um, at first impressions so they can have a good idea of, or like, um, you know, they think of me. Highly. Very, highly, very mm-hmm. nicely. And so... Like how after I meet you for the first time, I'm like, oh, like you seem very cool. Like you're very introspective and very open and totally. welcoming. And I like that people think of that mm-hmm. me in that way. So like I just, you know, after that, I just start pushing <laughs> them away. And like I can't tell me how many times I've been on a date or like two dates that have gone really well. And then I'll just start to fade away because I'm just afraid of commitment or mm-hmm. I don't want them to find out that like, nope, I... I still haven't figured my shit out. Like you think that I do have everything figured out, but I really don't. Yeah. And so another great line that I really like is um, um, like what we do in the world is we try to put this persona um, of who we are mm-hmm. out there. 
Like I want to show people that I'm I'm confident and, and funny and caring and intelligent and able to articulate my words. And that's like the Wizard of Oz. Mm-hmm. Like we put this facade out in the world. And then in actuality, we're all just the sweaty guy mm-hmm. behind the curtain trying to desperately hold everything up because mm-hmm. we have nothing figured out. Yep. And we're just trying to work everything at once and trying not to break anything and like just one little one little slip and it's like going to come all crashing down. It's a very interesting analogy that I've always enjoyed. Yeah. No, it's a good one. Yeah. So before we get any deeper into this, I just want to take a quick break to share something with you listeners. Um, I've recently been using this app called Poshmark. It's a free download and they carry uh, all kinds of fashion and women's kids and men, um, instead of buying things new, you can actually shop for millions of closets across America. And you guys know I freaking love thrift shopping. It's my jam. Um, And Poshmark has so many brands. Some of my favorites are on there like Forever 21 and H&M. But then I can also shop uh, more like designer brands um, that I wouldn't usually purchase from because it's so expensive. But Poshmark has great deals. So then I'm able to kind of treat myself a little bit something, you know, a little bit more, uh, expensive. (laughs) Um, but the shipping is super easy for both the seller and the buyer. There's incredibly fast shipping. If you see something that you want, you can make the seller an offer and then it's shipped right to your door. And really exciting, uh, you guys, the listeners of Let's Talk About It, get $5 off your first purchase. All you have to do is enter referral code TAYLOR when you sign up. That's referral code TAYLOR for $5 off your first purchase at Poshmark. So you guys should download the app and uh, get shopping. So I want to ask you where you think this all comes from. Like where you think... If you, you know, as you look back at like all these, all this dating that you did and, and where you find that you were not only uh, fearful of failure, but also of succeeding and wanting people to have this image of you, like, can you pinpoint when you think back where you first felt that, that desire to have someone at a distance? I think um, it does really kind of go back to the way you were brought up Mm -hmm. and everything that was instilled on you at a younger age. Yeah. And because I, throughout high school, I was overweight. I was okay, never, I didn't know that. no, yeah, I was, I was never, I was never really picked on mm-hmm. that badly comparably to other people. Yeah. But, but you were I, still picked on. But I get bullied. Mm-hmm. But I was like in that middle ground of like, I would play sports, but I wasn't that good at sports because I was still, you know, I didn't hit my peak in high school. Mm-hmm. I didn't like, I didn't start really getting um, good into sports until after high school. <clears throat> but, um, but like, I'll never forget one time in, uh, I think it was junior year. And, like, I played football and everybody, you know, quote, unquote, bust balls, jokes around, mm-hmm. you know, makes fun of each other. It's just kind of like the environment mm-hmm. in the locker room. <clears throat> but I remember, but I... I would always mask it. I would never let anybody know that it actually bothered me because yeah. I wanted to fit in, you know? Mm-hmm. So if anybody picked on me, like, oh, no, that's, that's funny. Oh, no, we're friends. Yeah. Uh, even though I'd never hang out with these people outside of school. Mm-hmm. It would only be within... And uh, if you showed that it actually hurt your feelings, then you would just get picked on even more. Even more, right? Mm-hmm. They would just go harder. And so I'll never forget, I, the football team went out to, I, th- I think it was Hooters, mm-hmm. you know, as you do in high school. As you do in high school. As you do in high school, <laughs> you go out to Hooters. 
And I couldn't go. And I remember I got a phone call uh, from a guy at the football team. I didn't pick up, he left a message, but he was just like, he was saying how happy everybody was that I couldn't be there. And then they told me that they made a circle of hate about me. So they, I mean, I wasn't there, but apparently it was true because they were talking about the next day. And like, apparently, like, they'd go around the table and they'd say one thing they hated about me. And like, I remember one person was like, I hate how he wants to be like George Costanza from Seinfeld. And like, so it was all these like, mm. I know, because I loved Seinfeld and I was quoted as a kid, still do to this day. But it'd be so interesting because I remember how much that hurt me and I, yeah. I would never say anything because I wanted to mm-hmm. make it seem like it wouldn't bother me and I was totally fine with it and you guys can joke around. I know we're just, you know, making fun of each other, but in, internally, God, it, it crushed yeah, me. That's a little bit more than just poking fun at someone else. No, that, was, that was definitely the worst of it, yeah. totally. Um, and then but it was hard, but I remember this other kid um, in the locker room, we played football together, and he was like a cool kid, and he definitely hated me for some reason. Couldn't tell why, but I would always try to be like nice to him, kill him with kindness type thing, mm-hmm. and like play it off as it didn't bother me. But man, I remember like he would just fucking like. I remember I would open my locker and he would just take my shit and like throw it on the ground, and like I would try to laugh it off as if like I fit in, but I knew that he was just bullying me. Yeah. So anyway, shit like that would bother me all the time. So I think at a young age, for me, like I was always scared of people just hating me. Mm-hmm. And like girls not wanting to be with me. For example, my last name's Haven. But it's also pronounced Haybon, depending. Like, it's fine either way. But what rhymes with hey? Bay. Gay. Okay. So (laughs) clearly I'm not a good bully. (laughs) No, yeah. So, like, my high, so we would always, like, you know, it's high school Mm. boys. So, like, my last name throughout high school was Gaybon. And, like, girls started calling me Gavon because I was just, like, that guy, you know? Like, where I was very comfortable around women because I was always friends. I was Mm -hmm. always being in the friend zone with them because I just wasn't really that handsome. And and so I think I just was installed to me at a young age that I was never that guy. I think I was never that guy. I was never the guy that women wanted to be with, guys wanted to be friends with. I was never the center of attention. And I think I got that in paradise. Mm -hmm. And I think I was terrified of letting people know that no, inside I'm actually still that fat kid. That's exactly what I was just going to say. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think I was always scared to be with Ashley because Ashley, the cool thing about Ashley is she's the same exact way. Hmm. I don't mean to like continue talking about her, but obviously she's my no, fiance, very impactful part of my life. <laughs> um, and I never knew that because Ashley is, mm-hmm. she's a Kardashian, you know, she's beautiful and she's funny and she's super down to earth and like mm-hmm. the m- most chill girl you ever meet. And that's why we became such good friends, but she's still this like, you know, f- in, to in me. In your eyes, she is like, at the same um, as what she was making you to be. Totally, mm-hmm. right? And I was like, I can't fucking date this girl. I'm, I like, I'm a small, I'm a kid from Rhode Island who mm-hmm. is still trying to figure out his shit. And like, I, I still don't know how to talk to women, and I still don't know how to, you know, woo somebody. And I mean, I got lucky that like that Ashley is like very much like myself in that way. So that's why we hit it off very early on. Mm-hmm. But still, I was very hesitant to date her for multitude of reasons. But Mm-hmm. It's it's just yeah interesting. I think that's where like my fear comes from is is installed in a young age of like being just very insecure about the person I was um, 
and you know worrying that people yeah would make fun of me hate me yeah because even though like your outer appearance changed you still were dealing with those insecurities inside and all those messages that you received were internalized and so even though your outsides changed maybe you weren't necessarily the fatter kid anymore um getting that attention was still really weird to receive because you didn't know how to receive it. Yeah, I didn't know how to receive it. And I also, um, yeah, I just, I I didn't know how to deal with it. And I think I just dealt with it the best way I could because it was the first time, I'll never forget when I was in The Bachelor, it was the first time where like people were talking about me, you know? Mm -hmm. Like I remember a couple years, so like it probably, I was on the show when I was 26. And so probably from like 23 to 26 before I got on the show, I started really coming to my own. Hmm. Um, I was in a long-term relationship when I was 19 to about 22, 23. Um, And I think that taught me a lot. And I grew up a lot during that period, being with somebody for that long Mm -hmm. and thinking about the future and like, you know, learning about what it's like to be in a relationship, so on and so forth. And then a couple years before I was on the show, I was single. And I think I was, that was when I was like getting to my most confident, feeling really good about myself. Um, because you know, I would start working out, and you know, I was, uh, uh, I think I was bartending at the time, still trying to figure it out. But like, you know, bartending, yeah. you're just in the midst of people, you mm-hmm. make lots of friends, socializing a lot more, totally. Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting because I think, God, it's so weird. Life's funny because like I felt like I was at my most confident before I went on the show and then like I got all this attention and I kind of like started regressing into my insecurities a little bit. Yeah. I don't know why. That makes sense because I think part of you was likely rejecting that because even though you might have been at your most confident you still had those those layers of insecurities. Yeah. And they were being triggered by the attention. Yeah. I also think like when I was at my most confident before the show, I was kind of like a big fish in a small pond where it was Mm -hmm. just like my group of friends, you know, the restaurant that I worked at. um, And then that was really it. It was a very small world for me, which I was very Mm -hmm. happy about. I don't need a very big world. I'm from Mm -hmm. Rhode Island, born and raised. Like if anything is more than five minutes away from me, it's just too far. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think once I started getting attention on like a grander scale, I was like, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. I'm not that guy. Yeah. Like, you know? Um, and I, what I do is I also put people on a pedestal. So, mm-hmm. like, on my season, it, Sean Booth was the <laughs> one that ended up getting engaged to Caitlin. And Ben Higgins obviously became The Bachelor. And yeah. Nick is obviously the, uh, became The Bachelor, mm-hmm. a very polarizing figure. Um, and I remember, like, being lumped into those guys kind of. And I was like, I am not those guys. Like, I can't compete. Yeah. I can't compete. Yeah. And um, so it's intimidating being in this yeah. world and having to, like, measure yourself up against other people. And then other, and then what happens is, is, like, society measures you up against other mm-hmm. people, too. It's the weirdest thing, I think, both for, for the guys and the girls on the show. Because it does become this huge comparison thing. And any insecurity that you have will get triggered. And it's like really a... It's, it's like you're just put under a, a huge microscope. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, any, any little feelings that you might have in like a small group of people are just so exaggerated when you're on the show. Not only because it's you know a larger group of people, but then just the fact that all of America has opinions on it. Totally. It's, it's, a, it's a weird thing. It's such a weird thing. And it's, you know, obviously you don't want to cater 
to people, to strangers that you don't know who mm-hmm. just leave stupid comments on social media or just say dumb things in the news. Yeah. Um, but it's impossible. You know, mm-hmm. we're all just human beings. We care what people think of us. Yeah. And so, I mean, I, I think I try to do the best I can to ignore the no, noise, so to speak, but it's, it's just impossible. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting. Now, did you ever, before the show, like enter into any kind of therapy? Like uh, in yeah. high school or? Uh, no, I entered it. So after my initial, my, so my long-term relationship was also my first girlfriend. So mm-hmm. I, my first girlfriend was at 19 and we dated until about 23. And then I remember I was the one who broke up with her. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there was a lot of reasons why, but she's wonderful. She's mm-hmm. amazing. Um, but I remember months after we broke up, just having regret about ending the relationship because I think at a young age you start um, not making up excuses but like you know exaggerating Mm -hmm. why things aren't working out yeah, and like almost looking for an excuse to break up well that could also partially be part of the you know accepting the love we think we deserve and figuring and, and kind of pushing that back and being like no like I don't you know, in a way like self-sabotage. No, I agree. And it's interesting um, because I am a big superhero fan. <laughs> I know this is random, but I'll, I'll explain why. Um, my favorite superhero of all time is Superman. Mm-hmm. But I also love Batman. I love Spider-Man. I love mm-hmm. all the comic book heroes. But the favorite is Superman. Favorite Superman of all okay. time. When I first saw the 1978 Christopher Reeve Superman and he's flying around in the mm-hmm. blue suit, the red cape, I was like, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah. Um, but the reason I bring that up is because when you say, you know, we accept the love we think we deserve, it's interesting that I always idolize these people who always, in the comic books at least, pushed away their significant others mm-hmm. because they, you know, it was for different reasons, obviously, for like, you know, they didn't want them to get hurt if anybody found out their alter ego, so yeah. on and so forth. It's but basically I, that they would be a burden on this other person. Exactly. And it's interesting when I think back about when I was younger and I used to idolize people and like, you know, I want, like they would want them to be happy, but they knew they'd be happier without them. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that has anything in my brain, but I'm Probably. literally just spitting words at this point. It, it, no, it sounds like it. Yeah. I mean, is that something that you've ever like sat on and like thought? Over. A little bit, the fact that, like, you know, Superman doesn't want to be with Lois Lane because he wants her to be able to live a normal life and he knows that he could mm-hmm. never have that. You know, he could never sit down because as long as there's need in the world, he has to have other priorities. But I think that has a little bit to do with it. But I also think, I think at a very young age for me, just humbleness was like very installed. And me and my parents did a very good job with that. I'm very mm-hmm. lucky to have wonderful parents who just early on would always try to teach me to do the right thing and, and manners mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. But what they would also teach me, and specifically my dad would teach me, is that like he's like, listen, you also have to accept the fact that there's always going to be someone taller and somebody mm-hmm. stronger and bigger and faster and smarter. And that's yeah. just the way life is. And like you should try to do the best you can, but understand that you can only do so much. Yeah. And so I think that always just stuck with me for some reason and realizing that like, you know, the people that I care about most, maybe there is somebody better out there for them, you know? Mm-hmm. Maybe they could be happier. And so I think specifically over the past, like, six or seven months, I've really tried to just, you know, uh, 
just stay confident within myself and just kind of try to let go of my insecurities because I know that they'll, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, just consume me and ruin my life and realize that I can bring joy and happiness to somebody's life. Um, yeah, you may not be the tallest or the smartest or the fastest, but that also doesn't take away from your tallness, your smartness, your fastness. Totally. And so like, it's interesting. I think everybody needs some of these moments. I, I talk about it. Uh, I talked about it on another podcast quickly, but I had a moment where I was at an event with Nick and there was like a, a red carpet event and there was like a 15 second clip that I saw on YouTube of us. And I was like, oh shit, let me see this. And so I clicked on it and I saw myself next to Nick and Nick's a great looking guy. He was the bachelor. Um, has a lot of things going for him. And I saw myself next to him and I was like, I look good. Like I'm, I know yeah. that sounds weird, but I was like, <laughs> I fit in. Like I look good next to Nick. Like, it's not like I was looking at the two of us and I was like, it's not like he's so much better looking than me. Like, I, we're like equal. And mm-hmm. I remember I had that moment. I was like, Jared, you need to tell yourself this more often and be like, no, you can do this. Like, mm-hmm. you, you're good looking and you have a lot of things going for you mm-hmm. and you are not perfect and you make so many mistakes and you need to get better and learn. But you're okay. And don't ever forget that. You know, because mm-hmm. I think, like I said, especially in this world where you're just surrounded by all these people who are like, Always put on a pedestal, right? Yeah. You know? Like, even like someone like Ben, Ben Higgins, who's yeah. wonderful, like the perfect Ben. Mm-hmm. Imagine being labeled that way. Yeah, that's a lot of pressure. <laughs> so much pressure when you know you're not perfect. Yeah. And so, for, it's just, I don't know. But it's interesting. I don't know. Yeah. No, you're, you're like. <laughs> I'm all over the place right now. I'm no, going no, off the No, 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 you're not at all. But you're like, uh, you know, thrown it off like you're not saying anything but like what you're saying has a lot of depth it has a lot of validity and I think it's really important stuff for you to like reflect on and to remember and I I don't think that you're alone in that yeah oh no I definitely don't think I'm alone in that which is very comforting is that I feel like a lot of people go through the same thing I go through which is you're you have a lot of insecurities you have a lot of doubts about yourself we're human you know Mm -hmm. and so and so you said that you you did go to therapy. Oh yeah, sorry. After. So after that that breakup that I had, yeah, I ended up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just had a lot of regret and, and wondering mm-hmm. what I was going to do with my life, and how, was I going to find ever? Did I give up on love too easily? You mm-hmm. know, um, but was I making excuses? And then I just kind of went in this hole for a little while of trying to think of who I was and the man I wanted to be, and um, and so yeah, I went to go see therapy. And she was wonderful. I went for like a year. Hmm. Um, and it was just great to go there and, um, you know, talk about uh, everything and anything, really. Everything I was feeling sad about, um, you know, all of the fears that I had. Um, and to be able to just express that without judgment um, in a, a safe space and to get it off my chest. It's amazing how you just. It's amazing how you're just able to say something and you immediately feel better. Because um, like a lot of times, that's, that's the great thing about friends and family because yeah. you need to be able to just um, you know, say things and get like all these bad thoughts out of your head. Mm-hmm. And then I immediately feel better. Like There'll be times where I'm just like feeling down and I can't exactly pinpoint why I'm feeling sad, but I'm just kind of like in a funk. And then I'll just call like either my mom or like I'll call one of my, my best friends and just like... I don't know, kind of like not even vent because I have almost nothing to vent about. 
Express. Express. Just anything that I'm feeling and then like the topical change and we'll start laughing and we'll start talking about other things and then I'll get off the phone and I'll immediately feel better mm-hmm. and still look back upon that time when I was in a funk and be like, I have no idea why I was so sad. But I just was and I talked to somebody and now I feel better. Yeah. It's funny how that works. It is funny <laughs> how that works because it's funny because you can't exactly know what's wrong. That's the issue. Like sometimes I have issues trying to figure out what is it exactly that's bothering me? Hmm. See, and sometimes like I can't figure it out because mm-hmm. I'll think of something that's bothering me and then I'm like, no, that's it's not that big of a deal. Like I can get over that. I don't know why it's bothering me so much. I don't know. But mm-hmm. that's the interesting part about being engaged right now and being in this very committed and emotional relationship is that yeah. like, God, we just talk through so many things. Communication is important. It's very important, and I'm very lucky that I'm with somebody that I've uh, grown a rapport with and have this very mm-hmm. strong foundation with where we can just feel comfortable talking about things. And, and still, sometimes I'm very reluctant to like say it immediately off the bat. Like She gets very mad at me when I'm like, I'm fine. Yeah. She's like, I know you're not fine. Yeah. But the reason I'm saying that is because I can't really tell why I'm sad or upset like i'm like i don't know ashley i I sometimes and then like i'll start talking and then like something will come out and be like oh that was why yeah it's very god communication's key really is is. yeah and maybe maybe a a potential reframe for i'm fine is just i don't know yeah no that's a good idea maybe i should say i don't know because the i'm fine is like a arm fully extended Mm -hmm. like I'm fine. Leave me alone. I'm good. Like, don't want to talk about it. It's like, it's, it's shutting off. Yeah. Whereas like, what's wrong? I don't know. Yeah. I don't don't know know what's wrong. No, that's good. Cause at least it's like, I don't know. It's like a, 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 a opening a door Mm -hmm. to be like, I don't know. Maybe you should come on in (laughs) and we'll figure this stuff out together. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Thank you for noticing. Yeah. And like, can we talk about it? Because yeah. I don't I don't know. But it's hard, isn't it? Difficult. And I feel like a lot of people go through this too, where you're in a relationship and you don't want to be almost a burden. Like I don't want that's the biggest so, and I think a lot of people, and you even just smirked, so I'm sure you've gone through it as well. Where well, like I literally just talked with, with Dean about this. Uh-huh. We had a long conversation. Um he was on the pod two episodes ago. And um he he very much struggled with opening up to people because he felt like him sharing his story or his struggles with other people meant that he was now burdening them. Mm-hmm. And I wholeheartedly disagreed. Um, yeah. Because I think it allows the other person an opportunity to connect with you and it gives you an opportunity to connect with someone else. I, I, I agree. I totally agree. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something that I think a lot of guys go through where they're unwilling to like... Yeah. They, because in society, men are supposed to be this macho, like, mm-hmm. I'm fine, I'm the solid ground yeah. here. Um, but it's okay and, to also have emotions as a man. Totally, <laughs> exactly. But I think as a man, it's just very difficult to mm-hmm. show that for the simple reason of, like, it's kind of like the way we're brought up and, mm-hmm. you know, that was instilled on us. So, um, but I do think that's changing um, for the better, obviously. And I think, like, the next generation of men, like, the guys, um, who are in their formative years, high school, I mm-hmm. think they'll be far more uh, open to talking about their emotions because that's kind of like where society is going to. But even like, you know, me in 29, you know, 20 years ago when I was growing up, it wasn't like that, you mm-hmm. know? You don't cry, you don't mm-hmm. show, you know, you suck it up, you, you get hit yeah. by a baseball. 
in Little League. You don't cry. You just mm-hmm. rub it and run down first base and suck it up. Yeah. So um, so how have you found it? Like, I mean, I know that, that the show, like you, you learn a lot about expressing yourself on the yeah. show and talking about your feelings. Um, how have you found now that you like open up and share what you're feeling with friends, with family and your relationship? Um, I feel there are times I feel good about it and there are times I don't because I, mm-hmm. I want to be that guy. Like I want to be, yeah. I want to be Superman, mm-hmm. you know, but we all know I'm not. And then everybody else isn't either. But so I think it's brought me closer in a lot of aspects with my friends and family and, and specifically Ashley being able to just like really talk through things. But at the same time, it's sometimes I feel guilt. And mm-hmm. I'm sure that's what you guys were talking about with Dean, where it's like I'm almost burdening, burdening you with mm-hmm. my shit. And I don't want to do that because when I'm with you, with my family and friends, like I just want to be happy. I always want to be happy. I don't want to have to be like, no, this... This bothers me, and this sucks, and like I don't like this. But I'm going to remind you of what you said a few minutes ago, where when you're in a funk and then you talk to a family member or a friend, that then you guys end up laughing and you end up having a good conversation, and then you forget why you had felt bad or, or you work through it. And so even though it feels like, oh, when I'm with my friends and family, like I just want to be having a good time, you know? Totally. But like opening up and, and sharing that can actually be part of you having a really good time. Yeah. And I think also in our own head, we make such a big deal out mm-hmm. of it when it's really nothing. Because like when friends do it to us or family members do it to us, like I barely remember. Yeah. Like, and I, because <laughs> I think back upon that, because I'm like, all right, if I'm, if I'm just opening up to you, and like making you listen to my nonsense and ridiculousness. Like, are there times when you do that to me? And then I like to think back and I'm like, yeah, I guess that was the time. But I'm mm-hmm. sure in their head, that was like a big moment where yep. like they felt bad yep. and they didn't want to, you know, like we said, burden me with mm-hmm. their issues. But they did and they feel better about it. And so maybe in their head, that was a big moment for them. And with me, it was just yeah. not insignificant, but like something I would never remember. And it's mainly, I think, because it's just you genuinely care about that person. And so it's just, you're just acting as a good friend, how you genuinely feel to respond to that person. Yeah. You know? So I try to remind myself of that too, to be like, you know, it's a big deal in your head, but it's not a big deal to anybody else. So if you talk about it, it's going to be fine. Like you're not, you're not, I think what it is too, is like, I'm always scared of letting my, like um, projecting my insecurities onto other people. Mm -hmm. And so specifically like dating i'm certainly not a jealous guy but you know mm-hmm. i i can be like <laughs> fuck that don't talk to that guy you know just like any other guy uh-huh. and so but even saying that in like a joking manner i hate saying it cuz i don't want to like project my insecurities onto anybody yeah. else and make them think that i am a jealous guy cuz mm-hmm. i don't want to be yep i think projection is something that gets slipped through the cracks so frequently totally. um and it's really like i know i've been in situations even on the show where it's like you're projecting so many things out onto me right now um and and it's really hard to a to work through that yourself and mm. b to bring it to someone else's attention when it's happening and i think it happens so frequently in our romantic relationships because oftentimes that person is somewhat of a you know reflection of who we are in some mm. ways and a reflection of what we want and a reflection of where we're insecure 
Um, but I think, I mean, for me, when I'm, when I can pinpoint when I'm projecting is like, I'll say something and then I'll ask myself, wait, would they say the same thing about me? Mm-hmm. Oh, totally. Exactly. <laughs> right. And that's one of my biggest insecurities mm-hmm. is that like, yeah, I don't, there's just, I, I totally agree. We're like, if I'm thinking about someone in a certain way, I'm always scared. Wait, are they thinking about me in the same mm-hmm. fashion? Um, yeah, it's a real fear. And that's why I always advocate therapy. Cause like for some reason when I go and talk about shit, I, I don't want to like burden my close friends and family with like all the things that I just want to get off my chest. Mm-hmm. So like, it's really good to have like that outlet to get it off my chest and be like, Oh wow, I feel better. Like I don't need yeah. to, and that's not that I'm burdening them with them, but like there are some things that I just don't need to vent about with them, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah, well, and I think th- there's, again, a different process to processing things mm-hmm. in therapy versus with friends and family. Totally. Um, so are you currently in therapy? No, 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 not right now. Not now, yeah. No, maybe I should. Maybe I should think about it. I mean, the good thing is the past few months have been so well that like I haven't had a lot to like really mm-hmm. vent about. But, but see, even I always say that it's a good, it's, it's never a bad time to go to therapy because even when true. things are going great, um, you never know when things are going to get triggered. And it's yeah. like, I compare it to, you know, going to like your yearly physical at your doctor's office. Like nothing might be wrong, but this is just your annual thing you go do where like filling up your gas tank. Like you don't yeah. wait until your car is broken down on the side of the road. Like you fill up on a regular basis, you no. know, just to ensure that things keep going smoothly. Yeah. I like that analogy. <laughs> I think it's true as well. Because as soon as you start talking, then all these things kind of start coming out of like, you know what else bothers me? This. Or you know what else bothers me? That. <laughs> and then it leads to this. And then, you know, before you know it, you're into like a two-hour therapy session. Yeah. And I'm, I'm curious for you if you've thought about like a real life Superman. Like, uh, you know, we've talked a little bit about this yeah. idealization of Superman and, yeah. and like wanting to be that, but also really rejecting the idea that you possess any of that. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm curious how you then go about like viewing yourself and your identity as a man. Uh, yeah. Well, and if I'm saying a real life Superman, the closest thing that I've ever seen is definitely my dad. Okay. Yeah. Um, because he was just such a good father uh, to both myself and my sister Shannon, who's getting married next week, which is very exciting. Um, but he's the hardest working man I've ever met, and he just cares so much about his family and mm. providing for them that he sacrificed so much of his own life for mm. ours. And I th- sometimes I'm scared if I'm as brave as mm. that. Because that does take bravery to do that. I mean, you're yeah. everything he does is for myself, for me, Shannon, and Very my mom. Selfless, so selfless. Mm-hmm. And and you worry that you that you aren't that sometimes. Oh, of <laughs> course, you know, because I'm. I try to be. I'm very selfless with. It's hard though, because like we talked about, I think we're our own worst critics. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I could always be doing more. I could be always be doing better. Um, and I would hope, and I think that if you would ask Ashley, she'd be like, you're out of your mind. Mm-hmm. You do so many things that are selfless. And I wonder if I ask my dad, who I think is the most selfless human being in the world, the same question that I ask myself sometimes, which is, could I be doing more? Should mm-hmm. I be doing more? I think he'd say yes. Mm-hmm. And so that gives me comfort to know that someone that I view as 
amazing and incredible, um, probably thinks the same way I do. Where he's like, no, I could be doing more. I could always be doing something. I should be, I should be doing more for you guys. And like, you, there's nothing you could possibly do more for us, you know? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But just to see the way he, um, like I said, his work ethic is, is unparalleled. And I mean, the guy works, he has like four different jobs and mm-hmm. um, just wants to supply his family with the best possible, mm-hmm. um, you know, life that they could possibly have. And even like with my sister's wedding, like he's been saving up for two years, working overtime as much as he possibly can because he wants to pay for the wedding, mm-hmm. very traditional. And, and so he's just been saving up and working so hard. And, um, and so, yeah, yeah, he's definitely... Uh, he's a real-life Superman. He really is. And he could, I, would, I could ask anything from him <laughs> and he'd do it in an instant without even thinking, hmm. you know? Just like even little shit that just add adds up so much over time, like airport rides. You know mm. how like what time's your flight? Three. All right. Well, I'll pick you up at like one fifteen. Dad, I can I can Uber. No, I'm, I'm going to drive you to the airport, mm. and just that happens over and over again. And sometimes I fly to Boston. I was living in uh, Rhode Island, Warwick, just south of Providence, which is like an hour drive to Boston sometimes. And you drive me in the morning and drive back, and it's just like that adds up. And like yeah. just anything, you know, even. You know, if I'd go over the house in the morning, you want a coffee? I'll get you a coffee. And just like, I know, I know it sounds so insignificant, but it just means everything to me when it's like every time, every time, yeah. never fails. You know, it gets my mom a coffee every morning, every morning, mm-hmm. without fail. <laughs> and like, you just, I've always believed that life is a collection of small moments that add up, mm-hmm. you know, because while large moments are great and they're incredible, um, it really is all about the small things. It's all about the small things for me. Mm-hmm. Like that just nobody thinks of but mean everything to me. And I think one thing for you to maybe think over and practice is acknowledging the small things that you do that mean everything to other people. Yeah. And uh and I do and I try to make sure that I uh repeat those things mm-hmm. so I never lose sight on you know, uh, yeah, I can't think of a good example right now, but like there are a lot of small things that I'll do to make sure that like I keep doing those things because I know that they mean a lot to the person that I'm doing them for, but they also mean a lot to me. Mm-hmm. Like, because those Cause are it's things, an expression. It's an expression. And those are the things that I'm doing for you that I don't want you to ever lose sight of. And you don't have to thank me mm-hmm. um, every time I do it, but like just to know. Like it's nice to know that you're there for somebody, and the way to express that—I don't know how to describe it, but yeah. like to show them that I'm here for you, and I express it in this way. Um, so then, do you, have you done any work on like the five love languages? Do you know uh, what yours are? Yeah. So yeah. mine is um, um, your highest one. My highest one. I well, I remember. So um, it was um, oh Jesus. Uh, hold on. What can you go over them? Words of time? affirmation, yep. acts of service, quality time, physical touch, gifts. Oh, okay. So, I think I know physical touch was up there for me, mm-hmm. um, and because I just like that's a big thing for me within a relationship. Anytime I'm not touching Ashley, I'm like, is something wrong? <laughs> She mad at me? Yeah. Why are we not holding hands? Um, and then uh, quality time 
It was either between quality time or words of affirmation. Because the mm-hmm. other two were gifts and what? Acts of service. Which th- oh, that was what I was service. picking yeah, up. Yeah, acts sounded... of service. Excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. Acts of service um, was up there. It was either acts of service or quality time, I think, were mm-hmm. my top two. Because it sounds like a lot of what your dad does are acts of service. Totally. Mm-hmm. Oh, he does. He makes sure, yeah. like, he just, he'll, like, yeah, and it's it's just the most endearing gift giving. Like I'm I'm a diehard Patriots fan, mm-hmm. and big sports big sports and Boston sports guy. And like he'll just be like, I remember a couple. Like sometimes he'll be like, Yeah, I saw this sweatshirt, and it's like a five dollar, yeah, Patriots sweatshirt that's terrible mm-hmm. and not comfortable. But he thought he saw it and thought of me and wanted to buy it. And yeah. he, you know, it's just the sweetest mm-hmm. gift I could ever receive. Yeah. You know, is a five dollar Patriot sweatshirt from my dad that he just got mm-hmm. at job lot up the street. Mm-hmm. But it showed that he was thinking of you. Yeah, and he wanted lot. to get it for me. You know, because mm-hmm. he think it, he thinks it's cool. Now, when you reflect on him being your real life Superman, mm-hmm. and you know this being your role model, and reflecting on how you have more oftentimes done things out of fear than out of love. Oh. When you think about your dad doing these things, do you think that he's doing them out of fear or do you think he's doing them out of love? He's definitely doing them out of love. Um, but I think that he... That's a good question. I, th- I think he's doing them out of love. I'm trying to think of decisions that he makes. I mean, he definitely makes decisions based out of fear. Yeah, we I, all do. I, I can see that. Like, mm-hmm. I can see him, like, I think... He, as we get older and we all get older, mm-hmm. I think he has a fear of, I think he has a fear of getting older. Mm-hmm. I really do. And so like, he's going to do everything to combat that. Like he still is active. He umpires and refs and like all the high school. And he's very excited because I think he was the first um, uh, uh, person in Rhode Island to be certified in like all five major sports. So it was six. I think it was like <laughs> baseball, softball, football, soccer, basketball, and baseball. Um, wow. Yeah, he does it all. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but I think that's a decision based out of fear. He loves doing it, but I think mm-hmm. more so he's like, I am refuse yeah. to get older. You know, he's battling time, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And you can see that like, even with like, as I get older and now I'm engaged and my sister's getting married and like, yeah. there are like men in the family now. You mm-hmm. know, he's not like... He's not, he's, o- not the only the only, Superman. he's not the only Superman. So I think that's like, you know, anytime I go to dinner, he's paying, mm-hmm. you know, and he's going to take us out to dinner and he's driving. And so I think those are decisions based out of fear because they're more like defense mechanisms. Be like, uh-uh, no, mm-hmm. no, 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 you're, you're the kid. Yeah. I'm the man. This is the way it's going. Um, but he, I think a lot of the things that he does, yeah, he just, he makes decisions based out of love. Like anytime he does things for my mom, like he gets my mom a coffee every morning, calls her at lunchtime. Like those are things out of love because he just mm-hmm. cares about them, make sure everything's okay. And, um, you know, and he'll just, yeah, I think most of the decisions mm-hmm. that he makes in his life now are based out of love. But it's interesting because you can't take the age aspect out of it. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm curious. As I get older, I find myself making more decisions based out of love than fear. Mm-hmm. But even, you know, last year, yeah. I, could see my, I could see a change in myself where like a lot of things that I did were just, I was scared to do them. And how do you think you like pushed through that fear? 
to do things out of love versus um, out of fear. Yeah, not to like, I, God, people are going to hate me, but <laughs> most of it goes back to Ashley. You know, I yeah. saw somebody that I really loved and cared for, and I knew how I felt about her, and mm-hmm. I was pushing away all these feelings and making excuses and mm-hmm. not being the man that I wanted to be, but being the guy that I was, maybe settling for a lesser life, but, um, you know, I wouldn't have to face the, uh, you know, fear of maybe not being good enough. I yeah. could always just, you know, push it away. And so it's like, I was like, kind of like the guy <clears throat> who never excelled at things, um, but could excel, but never did because I was afraid to fail, mm-hmm. you know? So with Ashley, I got a, I don't know, it's a long story, but, you know, she kind of started dating someone else and I got a very uh, good glimpse of what my life was with, was like without her. Mm-hmm. And it just, you know, and then all those thoughts came to my head when I was yeah. looking kind of introspectively and realizing, holy shit, you are, you are terrified. You mm-hmm. are a boy. You are still that little fat kid in high school who's afraid to... Um, get out of their comfort zone and is afraid to um, put themselves out there. Like sometimes I'm, it's so weird because I've been on so many reality TV shows, Mm -hmm. but there are times where I'm really scared to be seen. Yeah. You know, and that's why I don't, I think that was a big part of my entire Bachelor um, experience was that like I was more than willing, I wanted to go on these experiences because it's cool Mm -hmm. and like people were going to look up to me and like I was going to be on TV, but then I got there and I was still the same guy that I always have been, which was, you know, um, a lot of insecurities and fears. So I would just, I would always play it safe and never really step outside my comfort zone and just stay in my bubble and then like Mm -hmm. hope things would work out instead of really like pushing through. I think with Ashley, that's where like that my like kind of like the point I got where um, I could either do something about this and actually commit and mm-hmm. fight for something. And even at the time, I remember before I expressed my feelings to Ashley, I was like, "Is this just out of jealousy? Like, is this yeah. truly what you want?" Out of fear that you are losing her, as it, opposed to love for I want this. Totally. And like even in the moment, I was like, "I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I know, but what if I'm wrong?" I'm 98% sure that this is love, but do you ever really know? And so I think that would be my biggest advice for everybody out there is that you're never going to really know. Mm -hmm. You know, you're always going to have that doubt. And so just try to push through it and battle and like fight for it and stick to your gut and like... Take that risk. Take a risk, you know? I think that was the biggest thing with my life is I was never taking risks. Mm -hmm. You know, I'd always play it safe. And it worked out and I had a great life... Um, but I knew that there was a better one out there and I could see my better life gone with the person that I love more than anything being with somebody else, mm-hmm. you know? And I was like, what are you doing? And so that's when I was like, you either can go and fight for her or you can continue living in your little bubble and go back to Rhode Island and be surrounded by the people you love, but maybe not be with the person you want to be with most. Yeah. And so that's why I like, yeah. I had to like I had to actively really consciously battle through those doubts and insecurities and like you know try to step out of my body for a second mm-hmm. and be like if you let this consume you it's going to ruin everything. Yeah. So you can either be the guy that you were and like the confident guy 
you know, before like this bachelor stuff came out and like you maybe you were a little in over your head mm-hmm. and just be the guy you were before. Like Ashley and everybody else, they're just people. Yep. And so I had to like keep repeating that to myself and try to like stay as confident as possible and not compare myself to other people and yeah. just be Jared and be in the moment and not think too much about it. And so that's what I did. And like, it was almost like practice makes perfect where I was like mm-hmm. practicing doing it. And then the more I did it, the easier it became and the more comfortable I became in my own skin. And then, you know, now were there like specific things that you were doing throughout that process or was this all kind of internal? Like did, did this happen through like journaling or through talking to friends or through <clears throat> like, you know, Oh, uh, talking to my friends. Oh yeah. All the yeah, time. I'm sure I, there's a lot. Of holy shit. I, my poor, my poor, my poor mom, my poor sister and, and my poor friends, Crystal and Kenny and Chad. God, I talk to them every day mm-hmm. and just, yeah, I just talk to them every day. But they're just, they're, those people in my life are very comforting. You know, mm-hmm. I feel better just talking to them. Yeah. And so I would immediately feel better just being on the phone with them because they're just comforting voice and they're people that I love and mm-hmm. care for and have always been happy around. It and sounds so, like they helped you kind of like dig deeper into some of these layers I, and, and get back in touch with maybe some of that confidence to actually push through and, and act out of love. Totally. Oh, absolutely. They kind of like balanced myself because I think mm-hmm. sometimes I just get very overwhelmed and I just, like we talked about, just make things a bigger deal in my head than they actually are and i think excuse me when i talk to them like they just bring me down a peg you know it's kind of like a little bit of a reality check and i think especially when you get into the whole world of the show like you really need to ground yourself in what your reality was outside of the show um because it's so easy to lose track of that and to get like wrapped up in the bachelor bubble but giving yourself those reality checks and um checking those kind of those irrational fears yeah you know totally and i think a lot of people when they they use that expression check yourself they Mm -hmm. immediately associate it with checking your ego Mm -hmm. and like bringing you down because you think too highly of yourself but i think a lot of times you need to check yourself check those fears the fears (laughs) and the negativity in your Mm -hmm. life and like these things that you're making that you're like almost connecting the dots when the dots aren't over there and like no she likes this person because of this and like she hates me because of this and they're like you're insane just relax take a breath you're fine everything's okay all you can do is control the things that you can control and then everything else will fall into place and you just have to be the the you know Yes, you have to put effort in and you have to, you know, vocalize how you feel and mm-hmm. be there and show up. And like, those are the things that you can control. You can only control your own actions. Yep. And so, um, you know, that's what I was like trying to do throughout that time and still do, obviously. I mean, mm-hmm. we battle with it every day of our lives. Um, but certainly my friends and family, being able to just to talk to them and have that reality check of like, you're good. You're yeah. good. Mm-hmm. You're fine. You're human. You're a guy. Yeah. So is he. So is she. Mm-hmm. Everybody's just fine, you know. Mm-hmm. And if they think too highly of themselves, you probably don't want to be with them. Yeah. So <laughs> that's kind of like what got me through that time. It's very true. Yeah. Yeah. No, thank you for sharing that. And of course. I mean, thank you for sharing everything that you've shared and for being so reflective and honest. And yeah. some of the, of the things that you've said, um, you know, people don't necessarily come right out with like. Usually there are some things, you know, like with feeling like maybe you're not good enough that like I kind of 
work people towards with what they're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas like you, you've already been able to kind of like identify that and can, can say that there were times where you're like, yeah, like I didn't think I was good enough. I didn't think that I mattered enough. Um, and so it shows that like you really have done a lot of this reflective work, a lot of like introspective work to not only be a better version of yourself, but to make sure that the connections in your life are deeper and stronger because you're coming to them in a better place. Totally. And that's what I, well, thank you. I appreciate you saying that. And mm-hmm. I mean, who needs therapy when I can just come on your podcast? Um, and I, I, I try to do that and I continue to try to do that. And like, it's, it's hard because like we talked about, we're just humans and we continue mm-hmm. to make mistakes and like yeah. say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing. You're like, mm-hmm. no, you know this, you, you, you know this, what are you doing? And so, but it's a battle that everybody has and that's the, that's, that's life. You know, things aren't black and white. Like we talked mm-hmm. about, like a lot of what, you know, all the magic happens and where life lives is in that gray area. And yeah. so, um, absolutely. And we talked about that on your podcast, yes, uh, that you do with Dean and Vanessa. Yep. Um, Help so, I Suck at Dating. Yep. So, we, I have a podcast called Help I Suck at Dating. And mm-hmm. I co host with uh, Dean Ungler and Vanessa Grimaldi, who mm-hmm. you are very good friends with. Both yeah. are from the Bachelor franchise. And that's over at iHeartRadio. So, definitely check that out if you're interested. Yeah. Uh, I, I I hope that I don't suck that bad anymore. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a question more so for Ashley than myself. But um, yeah, but it's definitely a fun podcast, and we talk about dating trends and mm-hmm. all different topics within the dating world, and have a lot of guests on there. Not only from the Bachelor, some from the Bachelor, but also just a lot of uh, health coaches, um, uh, dating gurus, so to speak. So it's pretty cool. It's, yeah. it's a good time, and I enjoy doing it. Yeah, you guys should definitely check it out. I'll put a link to uh, the episode that I was on in the episode notes description. Yeah, and thank you for coming on and being so open about everything that's happened in your recent mm-hmm. uh, life. And uh, it's yeah. certainly, I can't imagine how overwhelming it is. But, um, yeah. but Day no. by day. <laughs> day by day, exactly. It's all you can do is... Uh, actually, I was talking to this guy, um, Gregory Barrett, who was a guest on the podcast, and he actually was a co-writer on Sex mm-hmm. and the City. Okay. And then he also wrote, uh, he's just not that into you, which is, that's like such a good, I love that movie. Such a good one. Right. When I found out who he was, I was like, holy crap, you wrote that book. I want to go be friends with him. (laughs) He's awesome. He's probably in within relationships, the most knowledgeable man I've ever met my entire life. And he's been married for 18 years and, um, him and his wife, Amira. And I remember asking him like, what is it like? Tell me how an 18 year marriage works. Like, what's your guy's secret? He's like, honestly, man, I'm just married one day at a time. And yeah. I told that's all you do. It's just like, today I'm married and we're going to get through it and figure it out and have the best day possible. And, mm-hmm. and then tomorrow's a new day. It's like, that's a great way of looking I at it. I love that. I love that too. It's so hard as human beings, though, because what are we always doing? We're always planning yeah. our next step, mm-hmm. planning our next trip. We're either thinking, way in the past or we're thinking way in the future and it takes us totally away from being in the present and actually like enjoying our lives together. Totally. So yes, mm. be in the present. Yes. Best as possible. Definitely. And thank you so much. Um, if people want to like reach out to you, obviously they can find you on the podcast mm-hmm. and then also your Instagram. Yeah. So my Instagram is uh, my name at Jared Haven. And mm-hmm. then on Twitter, mine is, uh, it's my last name then first name, but it's at, at Haven underscore Jared. I don't know why I did that. Just wanted to switch it up a little bit. Uh, apparently, <laughs> I don't really. I think because I created my Instagram and Twitter at the same time because I didn't have either before the show. Oh wow! And, okay. and then I got off the show. I'll never forget. I was at an Irish bar in Warwick, Rhode Island, called Fat Bellies, and I was with my friends. And it was like before the show was about to air, <clears throat> and my friend Crystal 
uh, she was like, you need to get an Instagram. You need to get an Instagram. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I don't, you know, because they put the fear of God mm-hmm. in you. Yep. You're like, you can't have social media, blah, blah, yep. blah, blah. So I was like, I don't want to get in trouble. And then mm-hmm. I saw online uh, that Ben had one, Ben Higgins. And I was like, oh, shit. If he's got one, I'm totally making one. So I remember making my Instagram and Twitter, and I must have been like, oh, well, if my Instagram is at Jared Heyman, I can't have the same handle for my Twitter. <laughs> like, just being yeah. an idiot. Yeah. But so, yeah, my Twitter is at Haven underscore Jared, my Instagram is at Jared Haven. Love it. Love it. You guys should definitely check them out over there. Um, and thank you guys so much for tuning in. Um, feel free to leave us reviews on iTunes. And you can also send us topic suggestions or questions that you have uh, at it at gmail.com. And thank you so much again, Jared, for coming hey, in. And thank chatting. you, Taylor. This is great. Yeah. Talk to you guys next time. podcast is brought to you by wave podcast network check out all of our shows including the brain candy podcast i don't get it babes and babies coffee convos and let's talk about it